It's it's a bunch of wackadoodle nonsense. Wackadoodle. Nice. Wackadoodle nonsense. And speaking of wackadoodle nonsense, hi, I'm Brandon Carroll. I'm the co-host of Talk Good, which is the show you're kind of listening to right now as you try to drive on the Ohio freeway uh, without dying in the snow. I am, of course, joined by Corey Faust, who lives in uh, basically a fucking paradise, as far as I'm concerned right now. Mm-hmm. It's hell. Well, it's uh, it's just a different version of hell here. So I'm in California, if you're a new listener. Uh, we have been... The show's been running on for this is episode fifty-two now, actually. Yes, so I imagine we do have some newer listeners who don't know where uh we currently live. So um <laughs> please let us dox ourselves yeah. <laughs> and explain to you our lives. Uh but yeah, California is just its own brand of hell. It's like I I see you guys are getting ready to um start increasing taxes. Yes, yeah, probably, but we'll all get health care. So that's well, nice. Also, at the same time, I believe uh, U-Haul, the company, okay. ran out of moving trucks. Because they're uh, all full of dead bodies, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Well, that's just L.A. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and sadly, they're like, wait, you guys don't have any refrigerated trucks? They're like, nope, sorry, but make sure on this paper you jot down uh, any nicks or scratches or blood or exploded dead bodies mm-hmm. uh, that happen to be. It's an extra cleaning fee. We won't we won't charge you too much extra. Oh, make sure you do get the blankets though. Yeah, don't use your own blankets. Highly recommend. Yeah, rent is so high. It's actually te- cheaper to just steal a Die? U-Haul <laughs> and live in it with seven you know other what? people. I I fully commend that idea. Mm-hmm. That is talk good promotes you. Just- Breaking into a U-Haul, stealing one of the trucks, and then living out of it. Do you remember that fucking crazy dude that used to drive around Jackson all the time in that old truck? And he'd park in the Mel's parking lot? Um, I don't. I don't remember. I mean, there's so many old trucks in the Jackson area. It's... This would have been like a box truck. You definitely would have noticed it. It was like a weird it. seafoam green that he had painted it. Okay. Crazy, crazy guy. Um. My memory has gotten so bad, like, over the years. But anyways, go go ahead. Th- that was just something I'm like, I have never seen anything like that in my fucking life. And so yeah. that's why it stuck out to me. <laughs> that guy, a little bit ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. He knew it was coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. He probably was born in the pipeline. So he <laughs> he knew. He He always knew. He always knew. He always saw things for how bad they could be and how bad they currently are. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to recommend that uh, the entire population of California becomes a bunch of traveling nomads and stolen U-Haul trucks. Yeah, just like make it just one giant gypsy caravan, you know? <laughs> oh, we don't say the word gypsy here, sir. We, we can't say that anymore? No, did you not? Do you not know what gypsy is based off of? What is it based the off of? The word gypsy? So basically, because um, Western Europeans are so pale and fragile. We um, used to be a country. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, America has never had gypsies. They've just had indigenous people (laughs) that they slaughter in mass. But no, because (laughs) because Europeans um, in, in Eastern Europe and like further into like Southeastern Europe, uh, they have a very like dark complexion compared to obviously 
Western Europeans. And because these people traveled a lot all over the place, uh, Western Europeans had no comprehension of really where these fucking people were. So they all thought they were Egyptian. And so every single time you see somebody in like a traveling caravan or something like that, you call them a gyp, a gypo. Is that where the song Walk Like an Egyptian comes from? Uh, uh, Let's let's get them on the show to ask them. (laughs) Let's get the Bengals on the show. They just recently won a a football game, I've heard. (laughs) Yeah, the fans of the Bengals. (laughs) The good job winning against the Titans. It's I'm I'm just very happy for Cincinnati. The, I, the Cincinnati, the band, the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> I randomly walked into a bar with the last minute left in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, I usually just head to this bar in my hometown before I head over to my buddy's house. Beer and a shot. Just sitting there going, oh, oh, that's right. This game's on right now. This is fun. There was like four other people in the bar. I'm like. All right, I I get to be a part of the discourse now in football. I watched this <laughs> one game. Yeah, I don't watch very often, um, but since getting into like fantasy football this year, and and I've played fantasy football in the past too, but that's when I actually pay attention to it. We, I may have even like talked about it a little bit on this show. I can't remember <sighs> if it was this one or or a backlit games, but um. Like, I don't know, just throwing fantasy football into the mix. It like ga- it gamifies this actual it sports game. It gamifies a for game. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, it all of a sudden turns into like, like this. Yeah. So I got the new Madden. They're like, yeah, what's your favorite team? I'm like, oh, uh, I only play the 49ers. Uh, I'm from Wisconsin, though. I, yeah. uh, I don't know anything but else I've about become, football. I've become this obnoxious person, though, who is like. You've just become. Uh, yes yeah just Just now recently just recently so like i I, of course i have like my teams that i that i root for but uh i've just i've become this person where i'll probably end up saying at some point and punching myself in the face immediately after saying it it's like like yeah i don't really care for teams so much as i (laughs) follow the players uh it's all for love of the game yeah (laughs) and also whatever helps me win my little game. <laughs> uh, it's it's super lame and I hate myself, uh, but it, it, I don't know. I, I do enjoy just rooting for specific players and I find myself watching games not really caring who wins, but more so caring about it being like an interesting story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I'm, love that. I love that our life instead of hobbies, we've just gained a series of distractions of our real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's not enough to watch this football game. I need to make a fantasy world yeah, out of it every, where I've made my own. <laughs> every uh every football game I watch, I slip into a fit of psychosis. <laughs> 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 you you and the autistic people that watch football are right on the same page. You're right on the same level. Congratulations. Uh I I want nothing to do with it. All I want is just to watch a game, try to remember how football is actually played, um and then just notice everyone around me enjoying it and be mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, first down." I don't know what comes after that. <laughs> get to the get to the field goal. I okay. will I will say though, okay, and we won't talk about football very long here because <laughs> this is about Look, the extent 
of our knowledge of right the, exactly. The I, I I literally just read off what slabs are for student loan debt. <laughs> We're the fucking stupidest people on the planet. I don't know what any of this shit is. Um, but I will say that uh, watching last night, so we're recording Monday, um, and watching last night the Chiefs uh, Bills game um, is probably like was maybe the most fun I've ever had watching a football okay, game in my life. I completely life. missed that one. What the fuck even happened? I saw Bill Burr comment on it. He said the the fucking dude that watches football all the time mm-hmm. goes, "This is one of the most." exciting games i've ever watched in my entire life yeah and and i was i was seeing a lot of people say that and i totally agree like it was absolutely like one of the best games you could have watched because of how back and forth it was you had like two great quarterbacks going back and forth just totally killing it and both offenses totally killing it the entire time and like in the last like i don't know 50 something seconds like there was like over I don't know what 24 points scored or something like that. Something ridiculous. And, uh, and like there was like 13 seconds left on the clock. Kansas city was down and they end up scoring. Uh, they end up like driving the ball up to, I I don't remember. They ended up getting it into overtime and then in overtime, Kansas city ended up scoring and winning. Um, Mm. so it was was just nuts. It was wild. Like if you get a chance to, uh, if you haven't, actually seen uh that game just go watch the uh the um like best plays of the game like just like okay just like clips of that because it's just it was wild the whole game was was crazy just to hear somebody's mouth say hey did you watch the buffalo bills game last night uh just (laughs) dead in the eyes so eyes roll back in the head i'm like i need to get away from this person but apparently they're doing well i had no idea that's how long i've been away from football where i'm like oh they're actually still a team wait wait what people care about the kansas city chiefs Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. buffalo bills Mm -hmm. (laughs) so are you stoked for the for kansas city to actually be doing something and yeah maybe Maybe They've been Cincinnati. a good team for a few few years now. I'm excited for Cincinnati though too. Like, and this goes back to fantasy football because I had I had a few Cincinnati players on my team, and so I got to like, I only paid attention to the teams that directly benefited me during <laughs> fantasy football. <laughs> uh, so seeing like those players like perform really well and seeing that team grow was like really exciting. And so yeah, I think Doug Stanhope said something about how like. Uh, if you're just one of these people who are like ravenous about a team for no particular reason, other than the fact that it's the team where you had no choice in being born in, you're a fucking loser. But if you have money <laughs> on the game or you have some investment in the game, then I understand. Then you fuck. Yeah. <laughs> then you fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nope. I didn't have any money. Nothing into it. Just, like- a, just a little bit of. D and D. I want to mix some D and D into my football. Yeah, basically. Mm. Yeah, it's basically <sighs> Pokemon. You know, just playing. <laughs> just, just gotta. I choose you, Peyton Manning. <laughs> Those are my references. Retired. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers chooses Spew. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There's there, there's my top references for football. If that shows you how far behind I am on everything. And Aaron Rodgers, I only know because of the fiasco that is that man's life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and thus concludes Sports Talk <laughs> 2022. <laughs>
2022. We were able to make it for about five minutes this time. (laughs) But that being said, sir, hello. Yes, welcome to the show. I'm sorry about the football thing. We usually don't talk about it, but things have been just fascinating in the past week. Um, Corey, before we get started here, though, let me hear your practice rendition of our call to action for people that we're no longer putting at the end of the show because that's a silly thing to do. Um, yeah, well, call to action. Go if you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts or basically anywhere you listen to it, go ahead and leave us a review. Um, if it's on Apple Podcasts in particular, leave us a written review that helps with the searches and we will uh, shout you out on the show. Like this person who is totally uh, not one of us, probably left a review on the show. Carol 90 uh, <laughs> says, I actually laughed a couple times. Five stars out of 10. <laughs> So thank thanks, you, Carol 90. Person who has my last name and was born in 1990. <laughs> thanks, Carly, my sister. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll shout you out like that. So much appreciated, <laughs> Carly. <laughs> Friend of the pod. She's been on the show. Um, but uh, yeah, so now with that out of the way, uh, should we like actually start introducing what the segments are? I feel like. Maybe we should. I mean, we kind of have been right. Like, let's just start talking about this week in irrelevance. Yeah. uh, So this week in irrelevance is basically we'll talk about any news that caught the Internet on fire that you have probably already forgotten about or never even heard of. Yeah. Because Corey and I are too online to be alive. And this is all we have to talk about. We're basically the Saturday Night Live of podcasts that we steal everyone else's ideas and then turn them into our own. Yeah. So welcome. It, the The world is a nightmarish hellscape of plagiarism, <laughs> useless information uh, mm. that is constantly uh, at the in gates. Flux. Yeah. <laughs> Just constantly in flux at the gates, <laughs> banging on the door for your mm-hmm. attention. Exactly. And then it goes away really just as quickly as it came <laughs> Only to be replaced by a new <laughs> onslaught of useless information. So this week in Irrelevance. <laughs> that is the entire description for this week in Irrelevance, by the way. I need that written out paragraph long form yeah, next time. It's, it's the battle scene in uh, Lord of the Rings uh, Two Towers. Oh, God, yes. I'm so glad for we get pointless to do Lord of the Rings internet now. <laughs> bullshit. Um, and it never stops, though. It's, no. <laughs> That's why we're on episode 52 right mm-hmm. now. We could easily make a three-hour-long episode of all the shit that happened on the internet. Yep. It's just two idiots online talking about bad things other idiots put online. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, you stupid fools. Listen to us talk about it. Oh, uh, Well, I'll tell you what. Kick us off with the top one because okay. uh, this one was hilarious to me. A uh, quick background, and then I want you to take over for this one. But basically, yeah, quick background is NFT bros um, are such tryhard fucking losers uh, <laughs> that they think that just buying a JPEG gives something value. Um, and so that poisoned worm brain mindset mm-hmm. has translated 
two other things in the real world. Please, yeah. Corey. Please it's it's just it. like, okay, so so you, the listener, you don't know what an NFT is, really. I mean, you kind of vaguely know what it is, right? But you're like, okay, that probably, that sounds kind of stupid, right? I don't get it. <laughs> Whatever. Now take that lack of information that you have and apply it to somebody who still has as little information on this topic as you, but you agree with it for some reason. <laughs> but you're like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, this is the next Bitcoin. This yeah. is the next General Electric stock bought in the 1930s. <laughs> yes. Um, so basically a collective of these people who hardly know what an NFT is, who don't know what many things are, uh, <laughs> including copyright law. I was uh, just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, they went to, I don't know what bidding site this was on, but it, they went to bid on a actual physical book. It's a, a rare old Dune book. Um, and they bid on it for a hundred times over the asking price, roughly. And wow. All of a sudden that they, now they think they own the copyright for so this because they're so used to buying something completely worthless for too much money uh-huh. they're like well if i just spend a hundred times as much on this worthless thing it was probably like what like 24 dollars on ebay well or something I, where they found it it was probably to artificially inflate the price of mm-hmm. this thing which is also what they're which very is part of with. the nft scam which is the only thing any of these people agree on is, is the grift that- is the grift. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they artificially inflated the price of it. And, and I'm just going to read the tweet that like caught on fire uh, over last week. So it was uh, from at the spice Dow D.A.O. Uh, we won the auction for two point six six million. Uh, God. Now our mission is to one, make the book public to the extent permitted by law Two. Produce an original animated limited series inspired by the book and sell it to a streaming service. And three, support derivative projects from the community. Mm. So, mm, mm, uh, mm. the all, also, so, okay, one, uh, the book is already public <laughs> <laughs> to the extent permitted by law. So you again, can even it go is, online and read the book for free. So it is a <laughs> it's one of those right click things. Right uh-huh. click save already. Yep. They're like, uh, just amazing. They're like, look, we spent $2.6 million on this thing. Public domain doesn't exist once you buy it. <laughs> you bought the one copy of it. Also, owning this like two, so going to produce an original animated limited series, uh, two, uh, Owning this old book does not give you the right to, like, the legal right to produce an original animated limited series inspired by the book. Okay. And then three, support derivative projects from the community. That's great. Everybody can already do that because <laughs> because you don't own it. <laughs> so I want to, like, start calling these people Marks. Because, like, M-A-R-K-S, mm-hmm. you mark these people out as the dumbest fucking people in the crowd that, like, you're playing three-card money, mm-hmm. or you're playing dice, or you're a magician, and you're like, who's the most fucking gullible person here that I can pick out of the crowd? Mm-hmm. That's all these fucking people are. That is, I thought NFTs were dumb. This may be 
one of the stupidest things I've heard happen in recent memory. Mm -hmm. Like, how do these people have this amount of investment capital to be able to do this and still have that thought and not, are they all libertarians? Do they just not? They're like, yeah, I don't, is yeah. that it? <laughs> yeah. That has to be it, right? Uh, it's, um, it's wild <laughs> that, <laughs> that uh, this collective or who, whatever the fuck this is uh, of people um, thought that they were going to do this. Um, so then a couple days later, they, they, uh, they didn't respond to any of like the tweets about As this you would not. or, or they didn't even like subtweet themselves, like in any response to anything. Guess um, what? You're the dumbest person on the internet that day. I also wouldn't respond back yeah, to well, anything. It, well, and then two days later, they decide to double down and pin the tweet and then also f post a follow-up tweet that reads as follows. Okay, so hear me out. What if we buy the book, right? Because it's a historical artifact, right? We all like buy it, right? The Dow buys it. But we raised so much money and built such a strong community, we decide to make a totally new animated series <laughs> with original <laughs> IP that just, we create. This is what he said. That's what they, what did they in said. The last tweet. Yep. Um <sighs> so they're trying to it, they fell down the stairs and now they're trying to make it look like they were doing like a fake roll down the right? stairs. <laughs> no, I intentionally did that. Yeah. That was for that was for the joke. Yeah. I wanted to joke. show you what to not do when acting. <laughs> also, I am an actor now. <laughs> but also, I'll do it again. Watch me. I'm so, a professional. Mark. None of it makes sense because it's like, okay, you bought this book for a hundred times over the asking price to build a community of people, of idiots, of to idiots. build a community of, of idiots, other idiots, of marks, <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> yes, of complete gullible buffoons mm -hmm. who have too much money, too much, more money than sense kind of yeah. thing, right? And you tell them that this is the future of it. You, you can see it all over the place now. A fucking Reese Witherspoon just recently came out and said the future is buying your own personal profile picture. I haven't commented on it. I'm like, who the fuck is selling these things to people? And for the love of God, can someone let me in on it already? It's like Reese Witherspoon just read her first like sci-fi novel or something. And then she's like, NFTs wow. are the future. Flying cars and AI, huh? Well, if I buy this stupid monkey picture, and now it, and now I have a hexagonal profile picture on Twitter, mm -hmm. I can get anything I want now, digitally. Yeah. Welcome to the metaverse. <laughs> the dumbest thing alive. So, yeah, that is a really dumb thing by dumb people who support a dumb thing. Uh, and yeah. that happened this week. I don't know what else to talk about it because it's thoroughly depressing. Uh, I mean, uh, just bringing it up, uh, just yeah. just the fact that it was so popular and like just trying to make NFTs become a more popularized thing between people who are who don't have 40,000 graphics cards in their mom's shed mm -hmm. mining Ethereum. You can't explain this to like a normal goddamn person. And be like, 
Yeah, somebody spent $470,000 on a shitty monkey picture developed by a robot. And you're like, I like, don't care. It's like, of course, the people who quote unquote believe in it support it so adamantly because it all depends on people believing in it. <laughs> you have to convince <laughs> enough people to believe that like, this thing will work in order well, for it to work. <laughs> they convince people that coins and paper currency have value to it. So why can't I do it with this stupid monkey picture? Like you're right. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, but also stop it. Yeah. Don't do this. What if money was just these monkey pictures, but also it doesn't exist like money, except you can touch money, but you can't touch these, but you have a receipt for it. But receipts are awful, aren't they? What if we made it all online? On a ledger. (laughs) Now all of them are in an Excel spreadsheet online. We're calling it the blockchain. Why is it called that? We're not, we're not sure, but... (laughs) But I, that my other part of it that I love that they're like, well, let's just make it into this investment and and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, you, to make the money, you still need to take all of that out and sell it to have money. Mm-hmm. Like the what it, what just recently happened, the crypto trade recently lost a trillion dollars in market value. Yeah. Yeah. News is like. The internet's been blowing up over that, too. It's like... Which, again, what did we talk about last time? The fucking crypto bubble popping. Very excited to see that happen. And also the entire uh, El Salvador was trying to run off of Bitcoin. I think Odell Beckham, uh, (laughs) he he recently took all of his, um, his salary for... I can't remember what team he's on. Uh, Took it all in Bitcoin. And the original contract price was 750,000. Okay? When he got that, Bitcoin was at a value of $64,000. It's now at a value of about $35,000. Uh and then what's cool about that too? Also remember this kids, the US government will tax the fuck out of you either way. So this year, Odell Beckham is going to be taxed on $750,000. Mm-hmm. Not Bitcoin, not can't can't pay can't pay government in Bitcoin because <laughs> you know they're involved in it either way, but they don't want that shit. No, it's just gonna keep the market going. Yeah, no, you just lost like all so much money, so much money. I think uh, if the math works out properly, especially with how much money he has to pay back in taxes on that, he essentially his contract is worth about roughly thirty five thousand dollars from seven hundred and fifty thousand. God, I mean, and no like real investor is going to tell you like good things about Bitcoin and shit unless they think yeah. you can make some money off of it really quickly. Again, the reason we went so crazy for Doge is because it was a pump and dump scheme. I yeah. got we the just fuck out of that. Yeah, yeah. I sold half of it the second I heard that Elon <laughs> Musk was going on SNL. And then I sold the rest of it the second SNL aired and he bombed everything. I wish I would have done it then, man. <laughs> I wish I would have done it then. I would have made more money. But okay, see, so, that's the other okay, thing. If, if a cryptocurrency okay, can be gotta made stop. irrelevant by an SNL skit. <laughs> you are my favorite 1980s comedian right now. Uh, getting so frustrated <laughs> you grabbed on. To the mic. 
microphone. <laughs> like you're personally choking out you're Elon not Musk. Here, you're not here with me right now. I would be grabbing at like your sweater, shaking you. <laughs> I don't get it. What the fuck? I'm like, I agree with you. Let's just scream. I, I want to invent a national screaming holiday that's mm-hmm. just reserved for these kinds of emotions. Scream it's coin. coin. Scream coin. That's right. <laughs> Scream at your computer, and that heat actually generates Yeah, all you of don't that. need graphics cards for that's that. That's right. Supply if chain I'm... be damned. You don't need the supply chain. It's just... It's the, uh, it's, it's the only ethical crypto coin that's out there because mm-hmm. you don't actually... Uh, cut down any parts of the rainforest in order to actually generate any of this heat. Well, just and think energy. about all of the carbon you are putting out into the world by scream screaming. Oh, we're going to get into that too because uh, well, we in the should. next thing, because I don't want to talk about NFTs <laughs> anymore. This may be the last time we talk about NFTs. It may not until <laughs> they they bring about the entire collapse of the world's economy. Um, which I'm very excited and looking forward to. Uh, The next thing, speaking of cutting down the rainforest uh, for the benefit of capitalism. The. (laughs) Oh, that's right. uh, God damn. I almost forgot. Which Eminem do you want to fuck, Corey? (laughs) Um, All of them, really. Right. Why wouldn't time all of them? (laughs) Okay. So it's got to be the green one or I, you know what? I'm going to say this. I bet the blue one has a hot, tight blussy that I want to get into. <laughs> blue you want to get a into it. Huh? Oh, yeah. Okay, you thought so- it was weird having anal the first time and pulled your dick out and saw chocolate all over. It. <laughs> it's going to get even weirder. I want to break into that hard candy coated shell, if you know what I mean, with my dick. A T M and M. Can we say that? This M M&M and M don't have nuts in it, but it's about to. Ah! <laughs> 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 anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Okay, so um, <clears throat> Morris released a, a cool little thing this week where uh, all of their M&Ms now are mentally diseased and people are fighting <laughs> to keep one of the M&Ms a giant little slut. Uh, and the world is collectively insane. Mm-hmm. Now, Tucker Carlson did an entire segment, because of course he did, on uh, the M&Ms being uh, wokeified. Because now he doesn't want to fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's like, I I love these these guys that try to come off as like big tough weirdos are like I have to I have to now fight Big Bird off of Sesame Street. I now have to <laughs> talk about the fact yeah. that my fleshlight is the color green because I can't come without thinking of the green M M&M and M and high heels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tucker Carlson literally said something along the lines of like, like, they can't wear heels anymore because that means they'll be sexy. Okay. And we got to get rid of that. They are making all of these characters so completely unlikable. You wouldn't want to have go out and have a drink with them. It's like, wait, what? Okay. 
Okay, Tuck. First off, that's definitely one thing they added in. The yellow one has a huge drinking problem. He's an alcoholic, for sure. Yeah, he's basically the Eminem's equivalent of Homer Simpson. Now. <laughs> he's he's uh, he drank beats so his much. Children. He, he beats the shit out of his children, and he has like a waterlogged alcohol-fueled brain. He can't yeah. find any joy until he kills an entire 30 rack of Natty Ice. Yeah, and the orange one is, I saw somebody post a video on it. I, I shared it too. The orange one is now a savage twink as that video <laughs> put it. Honestly, has always, always <laughs> given off that energy. They just gave a name to it. <laughs> uh, also, the brown one still has high Nothing heels changed. On. Nothing changed about Nothing the brown changed. one. Have you watched the little video that Mars put out for it? It's like no. the the fun generation uh, this, or whatever. Okay. They're so like, it's the stupidest fucking thing. Like, yes, it's awful because it uh it basically processes back to like rainbow capitalism, where for the entire goddamn month of June, uh every single company to get your gay money turns gay for a month, and they just love being gay until July hits, and then it's fuck you queers, I'm out of here. Yeah. Okay, so in order, they they are noticing the trends. Uh, a lot of Gen Zers, you know, they're very adamant and uh, open about their mental illnesses, ADHD, anxiety, depression, uh, a lot of different things. And so with that, in order to sell it back to you, because you can't get any, like, help with that, or there's no, like, mental health services... Um, and our pharmaceutical industry is slowly going to bankrupt all of us. Uh, so instead, we get uh, an M&M with anxiety. Yeah, which is great, which I thought the orange one already had. I'm pretty sure it did. And meanwhile, also <laughs> Savage Twink Energy. Got to give it that. Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, well, he already seemed like an anxious sort, but now he's diagnosed. Thanks to BetterHelp. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Eminem partnered with BetterHelp. <laughs> so as soon as you end up finding out how closely tied they are in with uh, child and slave labor in Africa, uh, you can you can sign up for BetterHelp and not have a, a good time. Um, yeah, want to dive into that a little bit? I would fucking love to dive into that. So basically, um, this has kind of been an ongoing thing for a long time, but it was mainly Nestle. For a long time, because they have a, a horrific track record with uh, manipulating and exploiting the people of Africa, especially West Africa. Mm -hmm. um, and and bro more broadly speaking, the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know uh, if you know what Nestle owns. It's everything. And mm -hmm. it's very difficult. And they want to continue owning more of everything. <laughs> they own anything from like Wonka bars and nerds to carnation uh baby formula uh, yeah uh powdered baby formula natural drinking water <laughs> <laughs> yeah all of all of those sources for fresh water why aren't they able to have access to them in those in those other countries oh it's because corporations go in and like steal all of it and then sell it to you uh so you can get microplastics in your body and slowly pollute your body and the planet at the same time so nestle yeah they're 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 the worst ones but uh, all the the backing of these companies, though, because they are such massive, multi conglomerate international companies, 
they are delved into different cartels is kind of how we'll explain them. Okay. Um, and so right now, uh, off to this, a good start, <laughs> right? Yeah. This, uh, this started at back in February. They've always had a terrible track record with it, but basically, um, they are going through a lawsuit right now where six former children from Mali, uh, were trafficked across the border and basically worked as slaves on chocolate farms. This is where all of your chocolate typically comes from, unless it has a, there's a particular stamp that it has to have on the label to show that it's actually manufactured not by slaves. Okay, that's so, good. But but yeah, most of your most of your um, pretty much any chocolate that you find in like a grocery it's store. Gotta have the, so the like, big red stamp that says "No slaves here." No slaves here, guys. But Hershey's, <laughs> Mars, uh, Cargill, Nestle—they do not have this because they need to manipulate the market, and of course, can't get away without being a huge country, without exploiting some part of Africa. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's awful. Um, but basically, uh, because of this, and they were trafficked over there, because these companies are a part of this larger group of chocolate manufacturers and like Confectioners Institute or something, I'll find the actual name for it. But this is the lawsuit that these... Uh, adults now, but like former child slaves um, and human rights organizations are actually bringing to the U.S. Supreme Court to sue these companies because that's literally the only thing you can do Um, unless you want to go kill the CEOs, uh, which I recommend as well. That's a proud. We proudly support that on the podcast. Um, Brandon, there's an order of operations. Okay, go go ahead. What what is it? Find a lawyer willing enough to do something uh, that... Uh, they won't get anything accomplished. Then you go to the exact place where you expect to not accomplish anything, the Supreme okay. Court. Yep. Yeah. And right. then you can murder the CEOs. Oh, gotcha. It's, oh, it has to be like revenge and you have to be severely aggravated. Yeah. 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 There's an order yeah, of operations for that. Is that what aggravated assault means? Aggravated assault. Yeah. yeah it has to. <laughs> yeah. You have to be very upset. So, yeah. so basically, what you're saying is it's the level of like, human rights versus uh, corporate rights has to be acted in the same way as like, oh, you uh, you, you do whatever equation is in the parentheses first, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then everything outside of that yeah. you, you take care of, and then you shoot the equation well, in the back of the head. Yeah, but before the shooting also, you do have to send, you know, file a petition for murder. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so, can we yeah. Can we get that? <laughs> up on like petition.org or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. <laughs> Kill all the CEOs. <laughs> so to go on, uh, basically what this is, is rounding up is the representation of these enslaved children on the West, uh, on the Ivory coast in Africa um, is roughly made up of like there's there's thousands of these different areas that grow cocoa beans um, and send them off to these different distribution centers. And this is, like I said, this is really the only way that, especially in America, we cannot function as a society without severely exploited labor around the world. Mm-hmm. That's how the company, that was, that's how the company, that's how the country was founded. And uh, we can't survive America any other co. way. America <laughs> Co. America Co. will... 
Take your children and Although sell them. Although I feel them. like the essence of America would more more so be like an LLC, limited liability company. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the most limited liability. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to talk about their my new favorite propaganda phrase, lethal aid. Uh, yes, the- <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, love God. propaganda. Just- uh, Fucking, oh, God, I love that yeah. passive political language. God, wordplay. It's not propaganda, it's wordplay. I'm- that's right, that's right. <laughs> you know how you have, like, uh, like P-play and, like, a little bit of foreplay here and there? I'm just it's- a corporate journalist who just <laughs> loves wordplay. That's right. I also love having my balls stomped on. I'm a great person. <laughs> mm. So, basically, in places in West Africa especially on the Ivory Coast, they produce about 45% of the global supply of cocoa. Um, The production of cocoa in West Africa has been linked to human rights abuses, structural poverty, low pay, and child labor. There's literally a sign in Ghana, uh, which is, uh, Ghana, I believe, is closer to Eastern Africa. Um, But there is literally a billboard outside of a town that says stop child labor and cocoa production. Uh, A central allegation of the lawsuit is that the defendants, despite not knowing the cocoa farms in question, knowingly profited from the illegal work of children. According to the submissions, the defendants' contracted suppliers were able to provide lower prices than if they had employed adult workers with proper protective equipment. And there's all these different things about how these kids have machete cuts on their hands and arms from cutting down the cocoa beans. Uh, this 12-year-old kid was basically assigned to go around and spray all this like DDT chemical on all of the different plants in the plantation without ever being paid, without having any protective equipment whatsoever. Um, I tried to hunt down where the, like how this has moved forward at all, because this article and a lot of different things on it are from February of last year. Uh, And I had heard something happening with Nestle but I didn't know Mars and Hershey were also involved in it. And it okay. just kind of blew my mind, this whole marketing campaign of being like, you and me, we're all good together. We enjoy this. <laughs> and then there's child labor in Africa. Yeah. We use slaves. <laughs> um, so this was also another interesting parts of it, uh, part of it. The lawsuit also accuses the companies whose industry body is the World Cocoa Foundation of actively misleading the public in the voluntary 2001 Harkin-Angle Protocol, characterized by the complainants as promising to phase out some child labor, the worst forms, quote-unquote, in the protocol's words. Yeah, children are lazy. Right? We got to get out the worst ones. The worst forms of child labor. Just sleeping all day long. Uh, I love going to Ivory Coast. It's a beautiful country. Yeah, the beautiful. only thing worse than a, a lazy child is one I have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read some quotes from representatives of the companies, and it almost sounds like that. Um, but basically, the original... Uh, okay, if this tells you how long this has been going on, the original deadline for achieving certain standards was 2005. In 2010, a follow-up framework, because they're like, oh, oh, sorry, we totally forgot to do anything about that. 
In 2010, a follow-up framework of action for Ivory Coast and Ghana spoke of aiming for a significant reduction in the worst forms by 2020. They gave themselves a decade. That's good. Still happening. Well, you got to one by the time that's why they gave themselves a decade. So the kids could grow up and now they're not kids anymore. (laughs) That's right. Statute of limitations works for, you know, the international courts as well. Exactly. Oh my God. Um, Basically. Yeah. uh, The article just basically goes on to state that, you know, the kids were not paid. They were told, (laughs) and they even told even more awful. They were told they were going to make about 34 pounds in a month. Um, uh, basically talking about like how the worst part about so much of like a, a lot of this, like, like with any, you know, corporation who does shit like this and uh, horrible things like this, it's not like a lot of the times it doesn't come from this evil, you know, intent sort of thing. It's just setting unrealistic goals for people to accomplish. And then those people you know, like it, that, that shit rolling downhill, then you got your regional person telling their divisional person, telling their managers across all these different factories, all these different goals that are totally unreasonable. And then you have just the people who don't matter, who are just like working there trying to figure out how to accomplish those goals. And then you cut corners, people get fucked over, people get, uh, uh enslaved at a young age you know it's like (laughs) (laughs) wait i just kind of we're just gonna brush that one under the rug there yeah it's because because again the people at the enemy of all of this kind of the people at top already kind of know what's probably going to happen because of these goals that they've set but But it's just but but they get to shrug it off by saying by saying, well, we just well, I'm not involved goal. in that. Oh, here. Yeah. yeah. No, let me get into the quotes <laughs> of these different things because it, it's just fucking wild. So uh, the, the other reason that they're also being able to bring this to court, it's not about slavery, of course. No, of children. Um, the case is being brought under the Trafficking Victims Protection Reauthorization Act of 2017. Uh, the IRA... Uh, I wish it was the Irish Republican Army. It's uh, International <laughs> Rights Association. Damn. Yeah, uh, <laughs> fucking Ireland's getting involved now. Watch out. Um, <laughs> IRA is currently involved in a separate complaint filed under the Alien Tort Statute uh, against Nestle and Cargill. Okay, so here we go. Okay, so Cargill is another uh, like uh, food mass producer, and I'm using the the, the word food very loosely here. You could almost spell mm-hmm. it with a PH if you wanted to. Uh, heavily processed <laughs> foods. They're very okay. much like Nestle. Um, but okay, so in a statement, Cargo goes, we are aware of the filing and while we cannot comment on specifics of this case right now, the company wants to reinforce we have no tolerance for child labor and cocoa production. Children belong in school. They deserve safe living conditions and access to good nutrition. Okay, this is what Nestle says. Nestle said that the lawsuit does not advance the shared goal of ending child labor in the cocoa industry and added, child labor is unacceptable and goes against everything we stand for. Nestle, the company that went directly to Africa to sell baby formula to people and tell them that breast milk was not good for kids and then 
gave these mothers free samples of this shitty baby powder. Also, I love that they're they're basically saying to, uh, hey, you suing us for child slavery is actually anti-child slavery, (laughs) anti-anti-child slavery. Because and we are so we're so against child slavery that you suing us for using child, slaves child slavery is you. is now like you are are you guys when you think about it are you the ones who are enslaving children? Look, you're the one who's eating the product. How old are your lawyers? We don't know. <laughs> oh, god damn it, Corey! Oh, you would make a great <laughs> corporate lawyer. And I, <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to hunt you in a forest one day, but sadly, you're going to make a great <laughs> corporate lawyer. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So it goes. On. Oh, yeah. Just a real quick side note. Um, again, Nestle was selling uh, baby formula, uh, giving out free samples to it in Africa and giving the mothers just enough baby formula for their breast milk to stop producing, uh, for the breast to stop producing milk. So they would have to keep buying it. From them, they intentionally did this, and nothing happened. To them. They're still a company. They're still a massively huge company. Okay, so uh, Nestle has explicit. Okay, this is the most maybe the most ridiculous part I've ever heard. We have explicit policies against child slave labor. <laughs> we wrote that into our policy book. It's, we <laughs> handed out to all of our employees. No child that slave labor. That is chiseled into granite at our corporate headquarters. <laughs> Fuck the world. No child slave labor, please. <laughs> yeah. Fuck um, the world. Save the children. <laughs> Nestle has explicit policies against it and is unwavering in our dedication to ending it. Uh, we remain committed to combating child labor within the cocoa supply chain and addressing its root cause as part of the Nestle Cocoa Plan and through collaborative efforts. Okay, this next one is from the Mars spokesperson, which you heard the Nestle spokesperson actually kind of sound like a normal human being. <laughs> the cargo one kind of sound like a normal human being. Mars is its own completely separate thing, and that family is fucked up. I highly recommend anybody do a deep dive into like the actual Mars family, Oh man, that's that's more wild than like the Walton family. Yeah, that that's just bonkers. So this is what the Mars spokesperson said: "We don't comment on any possible pending litigation." That's all they said. <laughs> They're like, no, 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 fruity little language. No, no, like we have a strict well. That just goes. That labor. just goes to say. That like okay, if the others are willing to say at least even the most. <laughs> The most vague, decent thing of we don't think child slavery is good. Uh, <laughs> Versus, well, I'm not. I'm gonna no say comment shit right now. No, no comment. comment. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, like that's that's like child slavery must be so deeply ingrained into their culture yeah. <laughs> as a company. <laughs> They're like, look, we can't survive as a company without it. <laughs> There's a reason why, too, this is another wild thing, too, is that, like, Hershey and Nestle put their fucking name on their product, a Nestle Crunch Bar, the Hershey Bar, everything Mm -hmm. like that. You notice nowhere on any packaging except a Mars Bar, which is not popular, Mm -mm. but Mars, the company, 
does not really put their name on anything. It's the, they're almost the same as like Procter and Gamble, where like their most popular products, you don't even know who the fuck makes them. M&Ms, Milky Way, Three Musketeers bars. I have to, I will have to print out a list of all the things that these companies make, quote unquote, because there are also like 20 different companies slapped together to make a giant one. Just mm -hmm. 20 companies in a trench coat and somehow they <laughs> all survive off of child slave labor. Well, they're all children. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> child that slaves. explains it. Child that slaves in it. a trench coat. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> all chocolate companies are just child slaves in a trench coat. <laughs> anyway, you, you enjoy those fun-sized Snickers bars on Halloween. <laughs> this is great stuff. Okay, so this is this is the last one I'll do. Well, their the little for. hands help form the fun-sized ones right. so much better. They're like, look, we got to give back to our child slaves. What can we do? <laughs> Pay them? Fire that man immediately. No, Fire they wouldn't be slaves then. No, they need like little bitty bite-sized candy bars. Yeah. <laughs> Get that for them. Their tiny hands will love it. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, so the last one I will read from, which is the most wild one. You thought the other one was some corporate fucking nonsense? This is the Hershey spokesperson. Okay. We understand and agree with the concerns about the heartbreaking instances of child and forced labor. Hershey does not, Hershey does not tolerate child or forced labor in our supply chain. These human rights violations have no place in the global cocoa industry, and we are committed to ending it, effectively eliminating human rights violations and addressing the underlying issue of poverty that is the root cause of these labor violations requires significant investment and intervention on the ground in West Africa, not in the courts. <laughs> we have worked hard over the past several years to implement meaningful programs and work with our cocoa suppliers and West African governments to combat these issues and use our influence to make a positive impact. Of, of course, the company whose name sounds like two pronouns smushed together Hershey. goes full corporate woke. <laughs> we have to we have it's not our fault. It's the pores. It's poverty. <laughs> Poverty's the real enemy here, right? Right, yeah. guys? Right, everybody? Yes. Yeah, let's start a new vague war on poverty. <laughs> <laughs> but also, we're definitely going back. Gotta blame Africa. It's definitely not <laughs> us. Why would it be us? We're, it's, is it because we're just involved over there and we, we have no other way to make cocoa? other than in West Africa, and we can manipulate and horrifically damage entire economies of countries who have been fucked over for centuries by horrific colonization and exploitation, we're just one in a long line of it. If really anything, to quote Karl Marx, and then you just, <laughs> oh my God, and then they just vomit everywhere. They're like, I can't handle this amount <laughs> of hypocrisy in my life. That is, so that is to go from fucking a green M&M from Tucker Carlson wanting to really get his dick sucked uh, and rock it off in the back of that green M&M's mouth uh, mm -hmm. to child slave labor brought to you today by Talk Good. Hi, I'm Brandon Carroll. Uh, Co-host is Corey Faust. Uh, please contact us. You can email us. 
Uh, I'm sorry. You had to listen to all of that. But welcome to uh, Inside of My Brain. And we reached out to the Mars company, um, <laughs> but they did not have comment at time, uh, mm. on time for the airing of the show. Uh, let's move on to something uh, <laughs> that is... is uh, <sighs> I don't even know what this is or how to segue into this. (laughs) And I'm going to need you to explain this to me because by the time I I told you this in text, but by the time I was even like faintly interested in figuring out what was going on here, (laughs) we were already like seven layers deep in memes, like an irony of a meme of a meme in reference to this. And I was just like, okay, yeah, I've missed the boat on whatever this is. So please explain to me, Brandon. what is West Elm Caleb? <laughs> God damn it. I'm stuck explaining a TikTok trend again. That the is man how, okay. who apparently doesn't even doesn't ever, you know, doesn't do TikTok. I don't know, man. It's just... Is that my voice? <laughs> I just constantly sound like I have a dick in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least when you talk about TikTok. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. I, I've found out recently. Okay, so I have the app. I do not watch anything on it. Like, everyone will send me direct messages. I have no interest in it. But I'm online so much that people will cross-post it onto Twitter and Reddit, and I have no other choice. I'm, <laughs> I'm a slave to my own mind. And I'm like, why the fuck is everyone talking about it? God damn it, it's another video from TikTok. <laughs> What's happening in the world? So basically within the past week. Um okay, so we've gone from uh, uh women calling out abusers and manipulators and and things like this to watch out for in relationships. And now it's gotten to the point where Apparently, there's this dude named Caleb who works at a furniture company in New York called West Elm. He is such a serial dater that these women started making TikToks about being a single, boring woman in New York, basically, and them also being serial daters. Mm -hmm. And so this one chick had made a video about it, and then this chick also saw that another woman had made a very similar video about this other guy and saw that he had just been with her on Sunday night. And then they went out on a date together on Monday. So this entire thing in like snowballed into a giant, just a huge giant cluster fuck to the point of them going from like them calling out his abusive behavior. Meanwhile, he's just a serial dater and will just like, hang out with a chick, go on a nice date with them, hang out, have sex, maybe see him again, maybe not, and then ghost him and move on to someone else. That's literally serial dating. Like, that's a whole thing with the advent of Tinder and Bumble and Hinge and yeah. everything like that. Before the internet, that was that was, that was just happening. That just that happened. That was just like, hey, sorry, I, I forgot hey. to give you my phone number. I'll never yeah. see you again. Let's or also, like, or maybe... Uh, Maybe you just, maybe he just thought you sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's the other thing too. And now, and now the reaction was, is that like, oh, female empowerment, we got to get out. 
We got to stop these guys from ghosting us all the time. It's like, maybe be a better person. Sorry, I'm going to throw <laughs> that one out there too. Maybe just be better. So this went fucking crazy out of control to the point where people started putting billboards up about it. Yeah, like, I saw. Don't be a West Elm Caleb, a goddamn mayonnaise company. Fucking took another ad out online about. Is this hey, an op? <laughs> this ha- I, I don't even understand how the fuck this got to the point it did. I, I feel like I've, I've seen something going around basically about TikTok and especially like Gen Z people who have just been so vastly inundated by information with no real lived world experience that it's just an insane amount of buzzwords that were like, what, what did it say? It's like, I saw something on TikTok where you can't let somebody say hello to you because it's a microaggression and also assault. Like it gets to that point where there are such a like a minute amount of spaces for people to operate in. There's there's this whole other thing on TikTok about how people will fake mental illnesses. Uh, they talk about shifting realities and it's literally just their imagination. It's just dreaming, Corey. It's just self-inflicted psychosis. Yes, (laughs) yes, that's all it is. And so if you were addicted to this, uh, well, I'm fucking addicted to Twitter, but like, and I live in my own hell world, but I'm very comfortable and safe there. I create my own psychosis that I like to keep to myself and Mm -hmm. also on uh, podcasts that I have other people listen to. But uh, the TikTok thing is is a completely different realm, and especially having younger people available on it who can stay connected but also may not quite understand these things just creates a massive shit show in people's worlds to the point where there are now safe dating websites. Uh, and I'm going to bring this up because I, I favorited this because it was fucking bonkers. Um, let's see if I can find it here basically safe dating yeah safe dating website for dc so you end up like hey i went on a date with this guy who was really aggressive or something like that and now because of the west elm caleb thing oh you leave reviews dating reviews basically basically. yes it's like uber for dating and you review each other but it like has like a beneficial value to it like if you go on a date with this guy and more women go on a date and that guy is aggressive or abusive or anything along the lines that's not this a layer of accountability yes exactly um it says apparently safe dating has nothing to do with safety and all to do with now getting ghosted so this is yeah welcome to this dc safe dating directory aka caleb's list uh joey aka sleep and ghost joey november 2021 Six foot and dirty blonde, brown, tan skin. Talked on Hinge, then text very frequently. Finally met up, had a nice date, had sex. He promised we would hang again and then never responded. A couple weeks later, I saw him on a date with another girl and he has since hit me up. Like, yeah. Wild, wild how, <laughs> though this is mean and insensitive and maybe this guy is just a total dick, but also wild how people are just so openly admitting how bad they suck. <laughs> <laughs> Just, wow, no I was so unbearable to- that this person doesn't want to even, he doesn't want me to know he exists anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like that meme that's been going around of basically like Guantanamo could not have gotten this information out of me. 
Like, please do not admit <laughs> this to people. There's a whole bunch of other but, ones. Yeah. There's Nate. There's a Javi. Joking aside, like you shouldn't name your child like Caleb or Nate or anything <laughs> like that. Like, oh, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, we love you. That was just a little you. joke. I can't wait to see your new baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that was the other thing is I was like, oh man, I totally forgot It just forgot seems the name like Caleb these names have ghost-like tendencies. They really do. <laughs> like you knew better than to fuck with a 6-1 dude named Caleb who's super hot and weirdly single. Whoa, crazy. He has a good job? No way. Just a giant fuck machine and he doesn't want to talk to you again? <laughs> Crazy. Sounds like he's living his best life and now he has a fucking billboard doxing him in fucking New York City. <laughs> again, West Elm is not a region in New York. It's a furniture company. It's where the dude works at. Has West Elm responded? I don't know. I I just kind of wanted to What if they did up. their own ad? Oh my god. <laughs> we are no longer associated with Caleb. No, Caleb's I'm their sorry. mascot now. Oh, we're <laughs> Here comes Caleb the ghost. Welcome him everybody. <laughs> they, he loved look, ghosting women so much. Yeah. <laughs> they've fired the actual Caleb, but they've mocked up like an actual costume ghost for a new employee to to be dressed up as it sucks that West Elm is such like they try to be like an upper scale furniture company because it would be awesome to have like a mascot of a ghost doing the uh, sign spinning things out in front of their company. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would love to see that special on today. Welcome all the women <laughs> from the West End. Sorry, you're too stupid and boring. Anyway. <laughs> For people to actually uh, be interested in you. Yeah, so that that was that's a fucking wild ride I went on, and that was like super also, niche viral nonsense. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I, I mean also though, like maybe this maybe uh let's 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 has Caleb responded? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, how about this? Because we're already at about an hour right now, let's do a follow-up for next week. When no one remembers what in the fuck this was at yeah, all. Yeah, let's let's reach out to Caleb. Let's reach out to Caleb. <laughs> let's get him on the Please. show. Please. Oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, but he might Or some guy ghost named us. Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he'll absolutely ghost us, because that's what he's known for. <laughs> that son of a bitch. You broke my heart, Caleb. And I, I don't even know who you are yet. How was it? It was. Uh, I don't know. Unsatisfying. Um, I feel like there's a little bit. I feel like the ending kind of just fell flat. <laughs> was the pacing all right on it though? Um, no. It kind of just like it was. It was a little front loaded. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of petered out towards it, the end. And then it dragged there in the middle. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, and then it just ended. Like, the credits are always the worst part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you for coming back from taking a shit. I, I wasn't sure if you were actually going to come back or not. 
I was yeah have. just uh, <laughs> I should have just brought my whole rig. You should have the, the bathroom. <laughs> Look, that's how we find out all the information on the show anyway. Because we just read about it when we're taking a shit. <laughs> yeah, basically. Be like, oh, this would be great content. Mm-hmm. I, I should am, go see a doctor. But I uh, am great th- content. the most motivated I've ever been in my entire life to get anything done while I'm taking a shit. <laughs> Especially the taking the shit part. Mm-hmm. That's the most motivation I've ever had. I got to get back into my life. I can't just spend 20 minutes with my legs going numb, uh, sitting on the toilet the whole time. Well, okay. Speak for yourself. Cause I could. <laughs> <laughs> One day Corey wishes to spend so much time on the toilet, his legs atrophy and he is never <laughs> able to get back up yeah. again. I shit so hard. I have to take physical therapy. <laughs> So I can walk again. <laughs> you take a shit so hard, you actually paralyze the bottom half of your body. <laughs> You're like, I can't get up. I'm paralyzed from the waist down. I don't actually know if I'm taking a shit or not. So I can never get back up again. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically, I mean, that's basically that's, that's, what that's being paralyzed dream. is. That's, that's the dream. The dream. <laughs> Uh, yep. Ah, good lord. Well, sir, speaking of shit. Yeah. Speaking of shit, but things that are not shit. Uh Uh-huh. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Okay. So, uh, the, like, teaser trailer thing, it was really just a title reveal trailer, uh, released this week. And, um, really cool. Turns out that that trailer was actually not cg it was yeah it was all uh, all like uh practical done. effects yeah all practical which is really neat to see That's and pretty damn cool yeah yeah because they Very absolutely could thing. have just gotten away with doing cg they could or have literally so. hired out two kids that are just learning yeah. how to use fucking photoshop and been like mm-hmm. and just please make this first for like 50 bucks yeah, but we're yeah. we're definitely going to pay you uh, at least fifty thousand dollars per. <laughs> yeah, per they could frame. have gone through the same like hiring management team that like the Mars company goes through. <laughs> um, <laughs> Farm all of this out to Eastern Europe, please. Need <laughs> yeah. it done as cheaply as possible. Slave, slave CGI. That's the next thing. <laughs> but after seeing which, okay, so. I we won't dive into this, but that's basically a thing. <laughs> I oh, mean, yeah. It's oh, yeah. very close to it. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Please um, talk about me, video game experts, with your video game <laughs> podcast. Talk to me about slave labor in the computer industry. Um, but after watching that, that really got me. And I was already kind of thinking about like rewatching the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy. But after seeing that, that kind of cemented that idea for me. I'm like, yep, I'm definitely going to do this. And I've never watched the extended editions before. I've only seen the theatrical versions. And I've I I'm not like a lot of people who love these movies who have seen them over and over and over again. Um, I do absolutely adore these movies, but I have not seen them very much. Um, I don't know that I've seen them all the way through multiple times. I've seen okay. I've seen Fellowship of the Ring a couple times, but I think Two Towers and um and the last one, why can't I think of the name of it? Uh, Return um, of the King. Return of the King. Yep. I think those movies I've only actually seen once. Um, Wild. I yeah. actually, I'm pretty sure since they've came since they came out, which was 
2001, 2002, and 2003, I've watched those movies at least once a year. Okay. Since they came out. I really do heavily enjoy those movies. It's just such a damn good story. I mean, I will say, like, the movies are so long uh, that I have seen clips, uh, like, bits and pieces of the movies, like, several times throughout the years, and if, if they're on TV or whatever. But, um, but yeah, like, as far as, like, sit, sit down, watch this whole thing, um, have not done it uh, in a very long time. Yeah, uh, once that first one came out, that, that little teaser for The Ring of Power came out, uh, or The Rings of Power, um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I had to sit down and watch Fellowship of the Ring. I think I had a, yeah, I had an appointment to go drop my car off at nine in the morning and was awake until five. Jesus. Watching these, I'm like, ah, I just got to drop my car off. I'll be fine. Yeah. I can watch a three-hour movie. No problem. <laughs> did not make it there in time. But what I did make it to was The Fellowship, mm-hmm. heading to Mordor. Um, the extended editions are uh, about four hours long, each one. Mm-hmm. They're like mm-hmm. just shy of four hours. Um, and uh, honestly, like... If you really like these movies already, just go watch the extended editions. Like you can oh, yeah. break it's it up into bits and pieces. Scenes. Yeah. Um, I was reading online, I was like, how should I watch these movies? Should I watch just the theatrical or the extended? And granted, like Peter Jackson has like full on come out and said, like, the theatrical movies are how I intended them to be watched. But he's not knocking the extended edition at all. He's saying like the extended edition is just extra fun stuff there for people who want to dive more into the lore. Um, right. But I will say, like, uh, the extended edition is totally great. Like, the pacing is still good. Yeah. Um, it does get, like, a little slower, a little long here and there. But, um, but like, if you really enjoy the lore, and I feel like the lore is done already, like, really well in these movies, and a lot of the character development is done really well, then, like, the pacing's not really an issue for me in this. Like, I no. want to learn. I want to take my time and spend more time with these characters in, in this world. Um and I really enjoy that. And I think especially now with like how many like long form television series are out with like streaming and everything, it's like the extended edition fits right in with God, that. Yes. Like God, very yes. well. Cause like I can watch like an hour of this, an hour and a half, you know, maybe even go two hours of, of the four hour movie and then be like, all right, yeah, I'm going to step away now for a little bit. Cause it's got like nice little moments to where you're like, okay, this is a good spot for me to walk away for a bit. And then I'll, pick it back up tomorrow or in a couple hours or something. Exactly. I, uh, because I'm now back on midnights, I now get the full version of, to be like, go and set stuff up and let it run on autopilot. And I'm like, okay, now I can watch a TV show. Now I can watch a movie. Okay. Well, I got to go check on the stuff. Let me pause it real quick. Yeah. And so, uh, Lord of the Rings is definitely advantageous for that. But honestly, I can literally just sit down and watch the full thing. No yeah. problem. I will say um the uh getting back to like the actual movies themselves. So I watched Fellowship of the Ring. Um I started that a couple nights ago and I finished it the next day. Um that one I was more like completely pulled into. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh I really really enjoyed that one more. Um uh Two Towers, I even though it's got a really cool uh, like battle sequence, which is like a huge chunk of the movie. Um, I was I found myself getting bored. Well, I feel like a lot with the return 
uh, uh, sorry, the the two towers uh-huh. towards the end of the movie. That's that's the wildest part. That that's the part yeah. that'll pull you in. You will not be able to stop watching that. The very beginning of that movie, though, is them still trying to set up and establish uh, world building. They're trying mm-hmm. to still establish like the world of men, yeah. um, and like all these different kingdoms that they're a part of that they now have to travel through. Where it's not as fun as the first movie, where it's like all oh, the elves. You have to learn about the dwarves, and there's a fucking Balrog and yeah. fucking Gandalf, and he's gonna fight. Sauron and Saruman and 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 all these different things. It's very a lot of heavy establishment. And then the second movie is just very much extending uh, all of that exposition mm-hmm. and world building. Yeah. I would be interested in watching uh, Two Towers again, uh, just the theatrical version to see how the pacing goes for that. I will say the extended edition for uh, Fellowship of the Ring was fantastic. The pacing was still really great. Um, and that is a great movie to have some, a little bit more insight into the characters because it's like your first time getting to, you know, be with them. Mm -hmm. Um, then you go into two towers and the extended edition. I wonder if like it really needs to be extended. Um, because a good question, because I think in return of the King, one of the most evident ones that you have is the wizard battle between, uh, Saruman and Gandalf. That's probably the most prevalent pointed out one because so many people were so bummed because that's such a huge part of those books. Um, and so when the extended edition came out, Peter Jackson's like, you want to see a motherfucking wizard fight? I'll show you a motherfucking wizard fight. <laughs> yeah. That is really the only thing I remember from the extended editions, except for just adding a little bit more scenery, a little bit more background on the characters and everything like that. Um <clears throat> Other than that, though, I think, uh, yeah, one of the other big things is just the Ents being involved more. You get more of uh, that little battle uh, that they do around Isengard. Um, I'm I'm totally stoked that you're watching them, though, because uh, mm-hmm. these are movies that really do, like, just bring me peace. Like, when, when we were watching all of the Star Wars movies, we started getting into the prequels. I'm like, man, we should have just rewatched The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah that's such a good it's even like a better like christmas time movie too it has mm-hmm. no elements of christmas in it whatsoever but it just feels like fantastical and this world is yeah. so well built and lived in um, yeah a, a lot i feel like um that uh christmasy feeling is very closely associated with the music in the movie mm-hmm. um, because it does feel very uh I don't know. There's just something about it that it, it look, you can't fuck around with a French horn and unless it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's like the music's very good. Um, I, bom, there's a couple, bom, 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 bom. Yeah. Bom, bom, bom. there's yeah. a couple moments. Um, cause they use like a, like a, some kind of flute, uh, several times. And I, I just, I got like faint, like almost like deja vu flashbacks of like Titanic. I was like, (laughs) okay. I was like, is this, is this the same guy who did Titanic? And is it? No, it's not actually. Okay. I would have, I would have, um, I would have laughed. I would have thought that was great, but unfortunately it wasn't, but I was kind of looking into what the, uh, composer had done previously and damn it, I did have it up here. Let me see if I can get it back here again. Wasn't this movie primarily like a lot of the, a, 
obviously almost all of the production was in in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, along with like all of the stage crew, um, yeah, all of the background crew, set design, a fucking uh Weta. Weta Digital was the of the ILM of Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, it was like all out of New Zealand basically. Um, but yeah, the composer, uh, what's his name again? Howard Shore. Oh yeah. Uh, he's done like a bunch of shit. Like if, even before like Lord of the Rings, like, like he did like even Mrs. Doubtfire and like, <laughs> He did, he did seven. Uh, I was I, I, Corey. I was literally just getting ready to say, "Yeah, very whimsical." And then you're like, seven. Yeah, yeah. incredibly whimsical. <laughs> He's all killer. over the place, though. He did Dogma. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, that what makes me want to go back and rewatch here. Dogma. But he did a whole bunch of like, he did a whole bunch of like random movies for the longest time, and then he got Lord of the Rings. And then I feel like from there, that's where he kind of like started getting more like huge movies, of course, because, you know, deservedly so. Like from Lord of the Rings, he went on, he did like Ava- or The Aviator, and he started working uh, with Scorsese on films oh, okay. from there. Um, also, it was funny. I was, I saw that he was doing like Lord of the Rings, and, um, you know, of course, he was, he would be scoring music for, uh, or, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, God damn it. Why can't I think of his name right now? Uh, Vigo Mortensen. Uh, okay. and then after Lord of the Rings, he goes on to score a history of violence. <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> With Vigo Mortensen. Every, everybody had a crush on Vigo Mortensen after that yeah. movie came out. Yeah. He just kind of followed him. He did the history of violence. He, and then he did, uh, he did, uh, oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? What's that Eastern other one Promises? That, yeah, I was just gonna say that that yeah. other Vigo movie that came out. Did he also do Hidalgo as well? Did he do Hidalgo? No, that'd be he hilarious didn't. if he did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just followed him he just everywhere. Became, <laughs> the composer biggest just became... Vigo fan. <laughs> <laughs> he did Green Book. <laughs> no, yeah, what happened to Vigo Mortensen, man? He. Dude, yeah, I think Eastern Promises was the last really big one. That no, was he like did the Green mid two thousands, and then Green Book has been his most recent one. I yeah, mean, most recent memory. Yeah, uh, yeah. What did happen to Vigo Mortensen? I mean, I guess you don't really need to do much after the Lord of the Rings, huh? I mean, look at what in the fuck Elijah Wood has he did done. The Road in two thousand nine. Oh God, that's right. But uh, see again, that's yeah. like two thousands and like the two thousand tens. I think he just like fucked off and. He's like, oh, I made I made a shitload of money and just yeah. go live my life. Yeah, think of the trajectory of all of the actors from those movies. Like, what mm-hmm. did uh, Sean Astin go on to do? Fifty first dates. Uh, yeah, um, Stranger Things. <laughs> Stranger Things. Yep, that's right. That's right. Um, Elijah Wood. He went on to do like awesome little indie projects he's just a weird little guy yeah he's just a weird little freak he's just a weird little freak (laughs) does a bunch of like uh he does a lot of producing on horror movies and stuff like that like indie little horror movie side projects um Mm -hmm. 
fucking uh, Dominic Monaghan went on to sadly be in Lost. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sean Bean. Sean went Bean. Went on to die and everything to, else. God damn it, you took my joke. Fuck. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing. <laughs> oh my God, what a crazy acting credit to have. Yeah. He's like, all right, I'll be in your movie. He's the man but that he dies. Has to die. <laughs> he, he, I mean, the man, the man dies well. He does. Also, good God, what a name for an autobiography. Born to be the man that dies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He was born to die. Ian McKellen. Fucking gay, yeah. gay icon. Magneto. Yep. Michael Fassbender is slowly becoming another gay icon. Also played Magneto. They're one and the same, really. Yeah, who else was on here that I recognized? Um, oh, fucking... Me... Uh, mm, see? Hey, Kegs. Uh, this is going to be shouted out to you. Uh, I can't remember who in the fuck played the elf daddy uh, of uh, Isildur. Don't know. Don't care. Agent Smith. Uh, Elf Daddy. <laughs> um, oh, my God. This is yep. going to drive me crazy. <laughs> it also apparently drives the audience crazy when we're trying to reference a massive amount of different actors. Mm -hmm. Orlando Bloom. The fuck has that guy done? What the fuck has that guy done? Uh, Carl Urban was also in oh, yeah. two... Dude, uh, two towers. Carl yeah. Urban killing From it. The boys, yeah, killing it. Also, uh, probably one of the best parts of Thor Ragnarok. I don't remember him in that. Uh, he was the guy who took over for like the little gateway, the Rainbow Road at the beginning. Oh, um, okay, yeah. And he's it has he just stole all the shit from all the different realms and kills everybody at the end. Uh, also, Judge Dredd is fucking excellent. Um, oh, I remember something that Orlando Carl Bloom did. Urban was in Riddick. Fuck yeah, he was. He was in Riddick. Yeah, dude. Of course he, he was. He's got the face that says he's been in Riddick, dude. He's you got, need to rewatch that movie. What Carl Urban? He's oh got the God. most I've been in Riddick looking face I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Also, he's like he's like against the Lord of the Dark People or or whatever in the fuck they call yeah. them in that movie, and he's like. He's a conspirator against him, and he's going to murder them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that movie's fucking wild. It sucks so bad, and I love it. It's so good. Uh, God, I can't believe Vin Diesel got Judy Dench to be in that. Anyway, we're getting away from the topic. I remember something that Orlando Bloom did recently. He showed everyone that he has a huge cock uh, and was naked mm -hmm. on a surfboard with Katy Perry. I believe that was. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. That was one thing that's happened most recently. So good for you, Orlando Bloom. You're the only one who succeeded from Lord of the Rings, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is or what has uh, Mr. Bloom been up to? I heard he's been in a he's on a show or something on HBO right now oh yeah the this the, this fucking movie the single worst named movie i've ever heard in my life needle in a time stack oh that's oh my god <laughs> yeah he's the bad guy isn't he or is he the good guy i don't remember can you 
can't is there such thing as good and bad and in, in time in a needle stack or whatever the fuck you just said <laughs> a needle in a time stack what a horrible name what a hallmark classic of a name <laughs> it also looks like an okay movie it's just maybe the worst title i've ever heard of it looks dumb well yeah everything's dumb it looks stupid it's an a24 Anyways. movie Anyways, been really enjoying Lord of the Rings. Anyway, Lord of the Rings, great series. Check it out if you haven't. (laughs) AKA one of the most popular film series of all time. If If you you enjoyed us going into the actor's lore, you'll really enjoy the extended edition. (laughs) Going into the lore of the the world. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. Lord of the Rings. But if you see Sean Bean in a movie, he's going to die. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm. Anyway, though, sir, I uh, aside from Lord of the Rings, I think most of the stuff and it hasn't been much this week because I've just been so fucking busy. Um, I think we should head over to the rec room. OK, real quick. Let's and then it. maybe next week for media madness, we can I'll I'll catch up with you and uh, watch Return of the King. OK, we'll talk Great. about that. Do you have any. uh uh, do we have any ETA on Rings of Power at all? When like, that's supposed like to come when out? that's actually supposed to be released? I thought sure. it was this year. Um, because I know if if they're taking enough time to be like, yeah, this is a practical effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably gonna yeah, take it's a minute to be before the end of the year. Uh, first okay. episode September second. It looks like oh, cool. Okay, that's what Google says. Well, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Things that we've watched recently, um, I, I like I said, I'm just going to add them to my rec room because I was sadly only able to watch really two things um, and get caught back up. Uh, one of those things, though, is because of you, good sir, uh, Silent Sea. Okay, yeah, you finished it. Yes, I did. Okay, uh, what did you think of the ending? So without going into spoilers, without going into spoilers, um, I was trying to explain it to a couple different people. And I was like, OK, you know how really good the story and production design of Squid Game was? I was like, because I was trying to compare it to people who are not familiar with like South Korean media. Mm-hmm. I was like, so it is another South Korean property. But I'm like, it has a lot of the same people you've seen in other stuff before. <clears throat> Acting is fucking excellent, as it always is. but. Uh, a, a little bit more janky on the story, a little yeah. bit. Um, I, it tries. I, I understand exactly what it's trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't the, quite the, come together. Yeah, well. all the of the ingredients bit, are great. Yeah, exactly. Something happens while it's in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, like there are parts where I'm like, wait, why is? How did that guy get there? But mm-hmm. but yeah, there, there's there's. So many parts of it that are really good and really well put together, and I think it's totally worth it yeah. uh, to definitely give this a try. There's only eight episodes. Uh, they're about 40 minutes apiece. Um, definitely something you can split up over the course of a week. Um, but it's a lot of fun, yeah, too. Yeah, it's a cool idea. Like I a really, really, really cool idea. Yeah. And uh, I, I I was pretty impressed by it. But like I said, there, there are a couple things that kind of threw me off. But mm-hmm. other than that, I, I thought it was wonderful. Um, the next one, I'm going to recommend this just because I don't want to be the only 
person that I know who's watched this movie. I do not know when this was released. It had oh, it's to have a been movie? very recently, The House. Okay. Uh, it was just something, some random thing. I ended up clicking on Netflix recently. And because I like weird little freak boy things, uh, the Netflix algorithm knows me and understands me mm-hmm. and showed me the trailer for The House. So this was actually supposed to be a series of three different episodes revolving all around the same house, but it's a stop motion animation movie, which more often than not, if you guys have seen the fantastic Mr. Fox or Isle of dogs Mm -hmm. uses kind of the same puppeteering as that. Yeah. It gives me that the similar vibes from that similar look, a very, very similar look. So you're, you're very aware of the interaction that people have Mm -hmm. uh, with the animatronic dolls in the scene. Um, but it, it's three separate stories. It's like an anthology series. And the first one is my favorite one. Uh, the other two that follow it up are, are kind of uh, weak. Like they don't actually end up holding up as much as that first one does. Because that first one really sets it up to be more of like a creepy, weird, uh, awesome kind of show. Because they don't use the same kind of puppets that they use for the other two. They use this weird felt almost in everything that first episode that first volume or whatever is is awesome and definitely a great reason to watch the show the other two are kind of middling but still fun to -hmm. watch and they get the second one seems more lighthearted um the second one no definitely not lighthearted okay towards the end it's not lighthearted at all the third one is more lighthearted okay um because the trailer like the uh the the tone is a little all over the place uh, in the trailer mm, mm. it goes from like seeming seeming like uh kind of horror you know yeah yeah and almost like psychological by... horror but then with these felt puppets it's it's also know? done by like three different directors okay. as well so and they kind oh, of yeah, smush right. them all together mm-hmm. um but the one central focus is this house that they're in and you learn more about the background and the history of the house and how it was built. Um, and then, so like, it's like, it's, it's, a uh, it's mother, uh, but with, uh, <laughs> Darren Aronofsky's mother, uh, but with, uh, but with the fantastic puppets. Mr. Fox cast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exactly, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, when they were getting ready to make team America, all they wanted to do was just remake the day after tomorrow with <laughs> marionettes. That's so good. That's amazing. They're like, God, this movie's so dumb. And I'm like, yeah, it is really dumb. I fucking love it. Um, but yeah, I just, I just recently finished that this morning and uh, definitely go and check that out. It's called the house. Um, and it's fucking weird. Corey. Good dear, sir. What? have you been watching and what in the I just fuck are you opened doing up right a fucking energy drink and it exploded all over me no oh, oh my god all over you're just, everything you're just a mess today just energy drinks everywhere poopy butthole all, yeah. all kinds of stuff well this the hero's plight <laughs> 
<laughs> Joseph Campbell wrote about you in the past and you're finally here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I recommend um, a video game I'm going to talk about real quick. Um, this is a game that I've actually was playing while I was watching the Lord of the Rings uh, movies because it's so um, minimal to where it doesn't constantly demand like all of your attention. Okay. Um, but the game is called Vampire Survivors. Uh, it is a top-down, isometric, action, uh, roguelike game. Um, very minimal, like minimalistic gameplay mechanics. And like its art style is kind of like a Castlevania so like pixel okay. graphics and um and uh yeah it just kind of looks like that um the main gimmick of the game is uh you it's basically a survival game so hordes and hordes of progressively uh more aggressive and stronger enemies are flocking to you um just coming at you and your one goal is to survive and while you are surviving, you're using like these these attacks, um, but all of your attacks go off on their own. You have no button to press to start attacking things. They happen kind of on a timer, on a cycle, and each each attack uh, kind of goes off at different times or like has a cooldown sort of thing. And really, the only thing you, the player, are controlling is just your own movements, where you are moving on the map and all of your attacks are just going off by themselves. Oh, okay. And as you kill enemies, um, you gain experience and then you like, you can learn new attacks that also go off on their own, or you can like, uh, get a perk to reduce your cooldown on certain attacks. And essentially your goal while you're playing this is to just survive, kill as many enemies as possible, see how long you can survive and you acquire so many of these different kinds of abilities and attacks uh, to where they all kind of start stacking on top of each other. Like you can get one ability that's uh, it's garlic and it creates this aura around you that inflicts damage to enemies as they get closer to you. Um, and meanwhile, you can have that attack going at the same time as like a whip, a whip that attacks <laughs> every once in a while in like specific directions. And so, and then you can get another attack that's like, these floating Bibles that circle all around you every once in a while on kind of this timer and attack enemies in this like certain radius. And you can kind of pile on all of these attacks that are constantly going off by themselves until your goal really is to kind of be unstoppable. You want to have so many attacks work so well together and be so leveled up to where even though the hordes are getting increasingly difficult you're still surviving you're still gaining experience and all of that and and gold so that way uh, at the end of the run you can Stack. then upgrade yeah yeah okay. it's it's basically just stacking and it's almost this auto player game Dude, it's like <laughs> you need to stop playing these kinds of games where you're just like it's a game i don't even play it it's great <laughs> i mean you really don't it's it's so minimalistic but it does uh it does require some attention especially when it starts getting more difficult like the longer your run goes um and if you haven't quite like gotten the right abilities that stack the right way you kind of do have to start like dodging certain enemies cuz it'll mix in like some really really difficult enemies with some of the lesser difficulty enemies hmm. um 
but it's a perfect game for like just throw on a podcast, throw on a TV show or a movie, and you can play this with relative ease while you know doing Still something else, being able to be engaged in yeah. the. You're stacking media. Then yeah. at that point, you are yeah, your exactly. own <laughs> your but own vampire survivor. But I really recommend this game um, because a it's only two ninety nine on Steam. I was just gonna say it's on Steam. Yeah, I've spent. Uh, I've spent like eight hours on this game since I've played it. It's so highly addicting. Uh, the way that the developer, who was one guy who made this game uh, in his uh, Twitter account, he says, I accidentally made this. <laughs> and <laughs> I can totally see that accidentally making this game. Um, and then, you know, of course, I'm sure he honed it to make it like more fun and stuff. But uh, it's just such a simple concept that just works so well, and uh, I, I absolutely love it. And for two ninety nine, like, oh, come on, you're basically losing money not picking <laughs> this game up. So, um, honestly, there there's so many fun games on Steam. You pointed one out to me recently called uh, "Sex with Hitler." Hey, I don't know that I'd put that in the fun category, but <laughs> um. Yeah, there's some wild shit on Steam. We go from uh, minimalistic rogue-based games to let's let, let me give the uh, definition of this one: "Sex with Hitler Developer Romantic Room." Mm-hmm. If that tells you anything, we're getting ready to talk about here. Yeah, not many Sex- people know this, but that's the name of the room that collapsed on Hitler when he died. <laughs> <laughs> he shot himself. The bullet ricocheted out of his dumb, empty skull, smacked the roof, it collapsed in on him. The romantic room. (laughs) Sex with Hitler is a unique blend of visual novel and top-down shooter. You will fight in the fields of World War II and meet five unique heroines, among whom you will find both friends and enemies. Tags. Psychological horror. Sexual content. (laughs) But guess what, folks? Mostly positive reviews. Mostly positive. It's a uh, weird little freaks on God. Steam. God damn. Like I saw one review that was like, <laughs> it just the person was just like, I need a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> the top review for every video game that's ever existed. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Sex uh, with I- Hitler laying it raw. I do not recommend that game. I do not. But Vampire Survivors, fantastic game. (laughs) Go get that one. All right, sir. Well, with that, please take us out. All right. That has been the show. It's been talk good. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, As always, uh, you can find the show anywhere podcasts are sold. Uh, Please like, share, subscribe, leave us a review. Write us a review if you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show, basically any socials at Talk Good Pod. You can follow Brandon Carroll at Hello Mr. Door. You can follow me, Corey Faust, at Corey Faust. Um, in that written review, why don't you just let us know what do you what 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 property are you trying to own because you own an NFT of it? I'm gonna. What if sex with Hitler was an NFT? <laughs> Hmm? Oh my god, are we just squeaking out the title of the episode at the very last minute? <laughs> what if sex with Hitler was an NFT? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
what if, uh, I don't know, I bet you West Elm Caleb, some company is going to make that an NFT. Him. Absolutely. Fucking manipulate the market until you destroy it. What's That's your favorite point. M&M? Which M&M do you want to fuck? Would that M&M have sex with Hitler? <laughs> and how do we make that into an NFT? <laughs> Do we make that into? How do we mint things? <laughs> uh, good oh, talk, Brandon. Good talk. Dude, that's what they need to do for NFTs. They need to make a, a fucking deviant art NFT. Oh, oh my fuck god! Fuck all this bullshit, monkey, lazy lion nonsense. Yes. I need to see sexy. Airplanes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which apparently I recently found out what that is called. What is that? Aeromorph. Aeromorph. I'm going that to That was one of my you... favorite <laughs> young adult books. The Aeromorphs. <laughs> that was a side project of the Animorph series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, this is for the kids that are just too horny to survive. Yeah. If you flip the pages fast enough, you see a little animation of a helicopter titty fucking uh, <laughs> a jet blue airliner. Jet blue airliner. <laughs> 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 okay. 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 Now we can stop recording. Yes. Let's clap. <laughs>